Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 346th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the news that's coming out that Nick Foles, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, is reportedly about to be signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And don't know that there's ever been a case a better case of a more deserving player finally getting uh, his reward and basically his own team. We all know the story. He was a drop by Alshon Jeffrey away from advancing to the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, and who knows what would have happened after that. And this, of course, came on the heels of... His Super Bowl year, beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl two years ago, and he has just uh, been magic in late in the season and into the playoffs, and it looked like it was all set up for him to do it again. And of course, the Carson Wentz, Nick Foles story is well told. Wentz keeps getting injured, and Foles just keeps coming in. And just lighting it up, and more importantly, getting his Philadelphia Eagles team to just play behind him like no other. And it's just been a great story to watch. He seems like an eminently likable guy, and teammates seem to love him. And now he is apparently going into the Jags. It probably won't get done till next week, which is when the NFL new year begins but uh he's going into a team that desperately needs a quarterback but their problems last year after uh, making it to the afc championship game the year before are far beyond the quarterback it seemed like uh they were a completely dysfunctional team this past year again far beyond uh blake bortles and so we'll see what happens. This really bears watching. Can Foles be the answer? He's obviously a, just a terrific locker room guy in every way, by all accounts. And so we'll see if he can go in and, uh, and be what the Jaguars need. Because, again, they need more than just a quarterback, I believe. And uh, speaking of dysfunctional franchises, 
that leads into my low light of the week, which is the Boston Celtics seemingly reaching new lows yesterday, but since the All-Star break in general, uh, the season is really, truly starting to get away from them. Uh, tomorrow night, they're playing in Golden State, beginning of a West Coast swing, and uh, that game is going to get a lot of eyeballs, uh, certainly back here in Boston, given that uh, nobody up here can believe what's going on. The anticipation for this team was off the charts. Uh, yesterday, they were embarrassed by the Houston Rockets at home on national TV in the Garden, and it seems now they're just getting booed off the floor on a regular basis, and... It's just incredible to see, given you know how likable they were last year. Overachieving team made it to the seventh game of the Eastern Conference Finals before LeBron did what LeBron does, which is uh, pull out a game seven in the end. And it's completely dysfunctional at this point. Uh, nobody knows the exact real story. It seems to begin and end with Kyrie Irving who walked in the arena, apparently not in the best of spirits, based on what ESPN was showing this morning. And after the game, uh, just gave a, a series of one-word answers, and that was that for the post-game press conference. Does not seem like a happy camper, and the whole team does not uh, seem to be very happy. So it's a major story here in Boston and really across the NBA. And although the Celtics did manage to uh, mount a fourth quarter comeback, their first half was nothing short of abysmal. And until that fourth quarter comeback, basically the Rockets had pretty much a 20, 20 point lead throughout the game, it felt like. So we shall see uh, how it all pans out. But I think we're going to get a good gauge tomorrow night if there's still something left. They're going to show up, and they've actually have a pretty good history overall the last four or five years against the world champion Warriors. They seem to be a, a little bit of the kryptonite to the Warriors. They, of course, broke their home game winning streak a few years back. Uh, again, they've, they've played them well. Uh, so we'll see if they can do it again tomorrow night out in uh, Golden State or... More importantly, are they just going to, uh, is this going to be the beginning of potentially packing it in? If they're ever going to pack it in, it's going to show up tomorrow night uh, against the Warriors. Uh, no doubt about that. So we shall see. Uh, and of course, the Celtics' biggest rival is and always will be the LA Lakers. And they are having themselves uh, a whole lot of problems losing to the Phoenix Suns over the weekend. They've lost, uh, like the Celtics, uh, most of their games since the All-Star break, which is, we're only going back here a few games, a handful of games, but uh, the two marquee franchises in the NBA, both with high hopes, Lakers with LeBron, Celtics, based on last year's postseason run, uh, coming out after the All-Star break. Uh, the exact opposite of what I believe most NBA viewers were expecting. Certainly me. I expected both teams to come out with uh, with a hot, hot start after the All-Star break, and the exact opposite has happened. And my bizarre story of the week 
last week was, of course, Bryce Harper still being available with spring training uh, well underway, as we know. And uh, that that got solved when he signed the richest contract in the history of American sports, $330 million over 13 years. Uh, vexing, to say the least. Uh, no, no opt-out clauses, no trade clauses. It just seems like he chose to be in Philly for, in, a, in effect, but potentially the rest of his career if he plays out the 13-year contract. And just saying that kind of boggles the mind a little bit. And uh, the good news is he 220,000 tickets have been sold since he signed. So that that's proof of his singular star power. And, uh, and good for him and good for the Phillies. The Phillies have been, you know, the team mentioned most often. There seem to be some latecomers, uh, including the Dodgers, rumors last week of a they offered a shorter-term deal for $45 million a year. That just boggles the mind. And uh, so, but according to Scott Boris, the agent for Bryce Harper, he just simply uh, was intent on settling in one place. Uh, couldn't have picked a more interesting place than Philly. That's a place that can wear you out. No doubt about it. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I I know what the Philadelphia mentality is. We all do. And uh, <clears throat> so it's going to be fascinating to watch how the whole Bryce Harper uh, situation plays out. And we could have up to 13 years to watch how it plays out. Obviously, the Citizens Ballpark, which I've been to, beautiful spot, uh, is tailor-made for him. I think he has more homers there than any other ballpark other than, of course, Nationals ballpark where he's uh, played. He obviously went in the division with the Nationals. So uh, he's going to be getting quite the reception whenever he goes back to D.C. And uh, just again, a a signing with a lot of questions uh, across the board. It seemed like... uh, if ever there was a guy who would have just taken the short-term deal for an astounding $45 million from the Dodgers, if that's true, um, <clears throat> and then come out after whatever the length was, three, four, five years, and you know get another shot at free agency like this one, and uh, that would have seemed to be a, the smart move, but he's a different kind of guy and made a different kind of decision. So now... Let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. 
Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, John. Thank you so much for having me on this show. That's good. Well, I'm sure you're doing a little better than us up here in New England and really across much of the Northeast and beyond. Uh, we got a foot of snow last night and following up a Friday night storm. So, AP, I'm looking at the most snow that we've gotten all year. Uh, by far, and uh, probably 15, 16 inches on the ground with the two storms back-to-back. And AP, it's no way to bring in March. It's madness, but it's not the kind of March madness that we're looking for, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you think it'd be lessening, uh, the weather would, would die down some, but uh, it's uh, getting worse as the, as the months progress. That's too bad. Yeah, well, you spent time in New England. You, you get it, and... Uh, yeah. You know, this is like suddenly the third year in a row where two years ago it was the worst March ever. Last year was the worst April ever. And here we are in the first four days of March off to what I'm guessing is the worst start ever to March. Uh, <laughs> it's not the way it's supposed to be. We're going in the wrong direction, AP. Yeah, it seems so. I guess maybe we're going to have a big basketball audience when those games come on for the March Madness with all that exactly. bad weather. Exactly. Speaking of which, we got the big time up here tomorrow night. Um, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, are coming to town to play Boston College. There's already a little bit of a buzz going on about that. You know, whenever, you know, like anywhere, whenever Duke or North Carolina comes to town, 
It doesn't matter where it is. Uh, there's a buzz. It's just that simple. So uh, these are the kind of things we look forward to years ago when BC joined the ACC. And uh, here we are again tomorrow night. Uh, I was in once for a Duke game at BC. It was great energy. It was, it was just awesome. So it'll be interesting tomorrow night. Yeah, people probably shovel out for that game, John. They'll try to get down to the county <laughs> center there in Newton, Massachusetts for Boston College. Uh, to host the Tar Heels because uh, North Carolina, it's, it's always a pleasure to see them. I, can, I always remember when they, every once in a while, I think they even came up to Yale and played played there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just uh, they're a traveling roadshow. You know, you feel, the, the them and Duke obviously, and Duke's even bigger. They're the, they're the big dog right now for uh, drawing crowds, as we just saw with Syracuse last weekend. Uh, Largest on-campus crowd in NCAA history, basketball history. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, then Kentucky. And I still remember, and you may have been around for this, uh, when they came to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut to play in a Thanksgiving Invitational. And I got to see Big Blue Nation up close and personal, and it's something I've never forgotten. We're going back at least 10 years. So, uh, yeah, those three kind of. Stand alone, shall we say. Yeah, I think Kentucky fans probably travel better than anybody in college basketball, I think, John. I think you're right. I think you're right. I saw, you know, I saw Duke and Providence last year, or maybe two years ago, whatever, in the first round of the Eastern Regional. And it was just fabulous just to see, you know, Duke Nation out in force for March Madness. So it was really cool. And, uh, yeah, so speaking of basketball, AP, uh, college basketball specifically, you are uh, uh, all over watching Alabama as they basically fight for their postseason lives. Uh, They had a big game on Saturday, correct? Yeah, they played LSU, the top team in the conference, and then Alabama started the game a little bit lethargic. Avery Johnson, head coach of the Tide, had to call a timeout, replaced a few players get things going. Uh, LSU took the lead early, and uh, Alabama came to life and tied it and went ahead and uh, seemed to be on their way to maybe squeaking out a, a much-needed victory to improve their chances, but they came up on the short end. They missed 10 free throws, John, 23 attempts, only made 13 in a tight ball game, four or five points, which it ended up being uh, you can't miss 10 free throws. And, Alabama, they're not, even though they're, they look athletic, they only had one steal. They don't seem to be uh, the type of team that's going to have steals every game. And LSU had nine, so that's a separation of eight steals to give the other team. That's, that's a significant difference. Correct, no doubt about it. So, AP, you said LSU is the top team in the conference, as in they're ahead of uh, Kentucky. Right, Kentucky and Tennessee, they're, they're on the top right now. They're all fighting for that last uh, you know, they all have a chance to be number one, but right now, LSU right on top. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive. Well, LSU, I mean, you know, now there's a team with a good basketball history, needless to say. Um, you know, from Pete Maravich to Shaquille O'Neal, uh, in, they have a, a rich history. Oh, yeah, and Bob Pettit and Chris Jackson, too. Correct. Correct. Yes, Chris Jackson. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. He was all no, the rage no. when he was at LSU, that's for sure. 
Oh yeah, he was quite a quite a shooter. Yeah, actually, Tennessee and LSU tied fourteen and two and fourteen and two, but uh, LSU, you know, you know, uh, I think beat them, I believe. So I think they hold the tiebreaker right now. Really? Yeah, Kentucky's um, thirteen and three. Kentucky's thirteen and three in the conference. All right. And both Tennessee and LSU at fourteen and two. Of course, at home, Tennessee is seventeen and zero, and they they put a, a pretty good beat down on. Uh, Kentucky this weekend. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, on Saturday. They beat him on Saturday. All right. Uh, well, um, so Alabama, what kind of buzz are they getting down there as they, uh, you know, literally fight for their very lives as far as making the NCAAs? Well, John, if it means anything, they play Auburn on Tuesday night across state rivalry, and that's a big game for Alabama. They visited Auburn a while back and lost by 20 points over there, and so they owe Auburn a, a beatdown, really. And that's also the day and the evening where they exchange, they present the Iron Bowl trophy to the winning football team. So that'll be a halftime festivity to all the people who attend the game will stay around for at least Right, right. No, that, that that's a big deal, and I know you mentioned oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they have that ceremony, yeah, that ceremony, and uh, if they able to beat Auburn, they have to go on the road against Arkansas, and Arkansas is fighting to get into some type of tournament themselves, right at a fifteen and fourteen total overall record. So, Alabama, I, I, you know, I'm not sure they they really need to win these two games, and probably need to win one next week in Nashville uh, at the SEC tournament. Okay. All right. Well, um, and, you know, it just seems like with each passing year, the interest interest level rises with Alabama basketball. I mean, they've really got an established program now. And is that what you're seeing down there? I watched some of the game on Saturday, and the crowd was really impressive, to say the least, the Alabama crowd. Yeah, I mean, if they can get this team's to win ball games, I mean, John, they'll sell out every every uh, league game at home for for certain. I mean, that's the way it's happened in the past. But it's just they have to have so, so many inconsistencies. Uh, two players who were you know pretty good scorers for Alabama, they had one point between them the other day. So that's that doesn't help the cause. Um, Tevin Mack and Dazon Ingram. So Alabama needs to have everybody on board Tuesday night against Auburn who. Uh, looking to sweep the series, and that always helps Bruce Pearl and company if they come into Tuscaloosa and win the game. And but Alabama, they like I say, fighting for their life right now. They're probably if they were in the tournament, you know, they're looking at being 11th or 12th seed, something of that nature, which means they're on the cuffs, so they can't really afford any more losses. Right, right. Down to the wire, yeah. The, you know, this is a time of year when. That's it. You just can't afford any more losses. You get to the uh, the end of the line, as they say. But uh, yeah. go ahead, yeah, AP. Yeah, it's just really critical for them. I mean, I can't tell you how much that they need to win these two games. I mean, right now, John, if they it, it's a, there's a scenario, believe it or not, where if they win these next two games, they could be in the top four of the conference, believe it or not, okay, and have a wow. bye for the tournament. Or if they lose the last two games, they could be in the bottom four and be in the playing game. So that's how uh, much the uh, SEC is uh, bundled at the at the middle. There's uh, the teams at the top, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, <clears throat> 
excuse me, and then had everybody at the nine and seven, and Alabama's at eight and eight, and then have the six and ten type teams as well. So there's, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five teams at nine and seven, and then Alabama's at eight and eight, and you have the six and ten teams. So uh, you could imagine what's going to happen if uh, Alabama wins these two games. It, imagine if they're in the top four, and and they could have been in the bottom four with these same two games. Right, right. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't think that's I've cool. ever seen a scenario like that with Alabama. Yeah, that's quite the uh, potential major shift. Feast or famine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, it's probably happened to other other leagues, but for me, watching Alabama basketball these years, I've just never heard these last two games will determine if they're possibly in the top four or the bottom four. Mm, that's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, like uh, once in a blue moon type stuff there. Uh, well, you know, sticking <laughs> with the SEC, AP, uh, you know, after Kentucky punctured Tennessee's balloon a couple weeks ago, uh, the roles were reversed down in Knoxville where Tennessee took it to Kentucky and all of a sudden the storyline has flipped on that one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tennessee was hot on Saturday. I, I saw some of that ball game. They were ahead. I think they were winning by at least twenty at one point and right. held on. And I, I know they beat them by double digits. So uh, yeah, and they shot a terrible percentage that game, probably in the twenties or low thirties. And Tennessee was pretty hot. So yeah, Kentucky couldn't make a shot. So that was one of the reasons. I mean, that's a little bit of, you know. Attributed to Tennessee's defense, and Kentucky just was not hot that day. Right, and this is the time of year where, uh, you know, again, it's storylines flip. I mean, two weeks ago, suddenly, or whenever they beat him, very recently, it was like, here we go. Kentucky's headed to the Final Four, and Tennessee was a pretender as number one team in the country, and uh, boom, it just everything just flips right around from that. So it's fun. This is what we live for. So it's it's an interesting uh, time as we you know uh, come down the home stretch here for the regular season. Then we have the, of course, the championship conference championships, which is another whole entity unto itself. And no sooner do they end that that Sunday, uh, within an hour or two, the NCAA selection committee is uh, you know makes their picks. So. It's uh, it's a great time of year, that's for sure. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to watch these games, and then there's always somebody in the tournament who can play their way into the, the big dance, and that's something that Alabama might have to do uh, even if they win these two games, just you right. know, win a game or two in the tournament itself. I think I think Auburn uh, Auburn plays, of course, Alabama tomorrow night. That's a big game for them, and then they host Tennessee. And if they can upset Tennessee, I think their dance card will be filled. I think they'll make it no problem. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, That would definitely be a signature victory, which is really, if I'm reading it correctly, that's what they need that they haven't had, just a a true signature victory, especially this time of year. Yeah, I think so. They beat Mississippi State on um, uh, Saturday. That was a big big win for them, and that was at Auburn. They had a big lead and held on for, I think it was five-point 80 to 75, so that helped them as well because Mississippi State there have a 21 and 8 overall record, 9 and 7 in the conference. So 
that that was one of their probably their better wins uh, this season. You know, Auburn's a team down that played. Uh, I think it was in Hawaii due to like a five or six point game. Right. Oh, I remember that. I think I watched that back in uh, November. And Bruce Pearl's their coach, right? Bruce Pearl, he sure is. Yeah. Well, uh, y- you know, they're capable of anything with a you know with a coach with that pedigree. So. We shall see, AP. It's going to be fun. And uh, here we are at the end of our first segment together. Uh, So why don't we take our break? We still have a lot more to get to on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham. Veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And AP, we were talking uh, Alabama basketball and SEC basketball in general. Uh, But that wasn't the only uh, sport 
over the weekend that got some attention uh, from the SEC. It was, of course, the Combine weekend and AP, the SEC, no surprise, as expected, made quite the name for themselves, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Not exactly what you would expect out of any Combine, but really the, the, the breakaway stars seem to be defensive linemen or defensive players with SEC pedigrees, right? Yeah, John, this is the, the, the place where the league separates itself from every other conference. They have big people that can really move. And uh, we'll start with Quinnen Williams, a defensive lineman at Alabama. He's listed at 303 pounds, uh, six foot three. He ran a 4.87 in the 40-yard dash, 4.83. Um, those were his two times, and that was incredible for a man of that size to be running under five seconds. I mean, and that's one of the attributes he has that made him so uh, uh, influential during the season, his quickness at the point of attack. I spoke to different offensive centers who played against him, and they said when the first time you, you were up against him, he just blows by you because you're not used to that quickness, and it takes him a while to become adjusted, but he can really run down the quarterback as well with that type of speed. Yes, well, he is a yes, true, yeah. true game wrecker, you know, in the, you know, in the mode of uh, Mean Joe Green and, and Lawrence Taylor. Uh, these days, maybe Khalil Mack, even though they're, they're linebackers and he's a defensive lineman. But, you know, there were games, AP, where he literally, and not just normal games, big games, where he literally dominated the game. He was the best player on the field. He was the most notable, noticeable. He was the one whose name you heard the most, and people like Gary Danielson and whatnot, as announcing the games, were just raving about him. And so, yeah, so I mean, his name is already known, you know, to say the least. Yeah, it's amazing, John, when you're watching these football games and somebody playing the nose guard position or inside is affecting right. the game so much for the announcers have to make mention of him time after time and the quarterbacks that are just, you know, being antagonized by someone in the, in the middle of the line because normally it's on the edge, but, but he's so effective uh, rushing the quarterback that you can't, the quarterback can't follow through. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, both in the run game and the pass game, uh, to say the least, just a complete force. And then there was the LSU linebacker, uh, Devin White, who also turned heads at the combine. And AP, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it against Alabama that he had to sit out the first quarter, the first half or something like that? I know there was a game this year where he had to. Yeah, right. That that happened. He's an excellent linebacker. Can, can really run very fast. So yeah, that was that was the game that he had to had to sit out uh, partially. But he's very effective, good football player, and I know he'll be a top draft choice for somebody. Yeah. Well, what I remember about that is you know that was a gigantic storyline attached to that game, uh, which is always a massive game, obviously. Uh, but the storyline was simply you know if. if LSU could just hang on till Devin White got into the game. And I think he had to sit out the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe the first half, but whatever. Um, then, you, you know, LSU had a chance as long as they kind of kept it close. And, you know, so that told me all I needed to know about him with him out, without him even playing a down AP, just mere, <laughs> right. 
you know, waiting game for him to get in and trying to keep it close. It made for kind of a uniquely memorable type of game. Uh, he did come on, but, you know, it, Alabama, of course, won. And, uh, yeah, so, and he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Roquan from Georgia and how he, like, you know, made his name at the Combine last year, so to speak, or, or sealed the deal, shall we say. Yes, yeah, he can He can really move laterally and chase down the ball carrier and quarterbacks, and he, he's effective, and he was, he's, I think he was, He's probably the best player LSU had this year, I believe. Correct, correct. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, and then we had another SEC player who really lit it up, the defensive lineman from Mississippi State. Yeah, Montez Sweat. He ran a four point four one at six foot five or six foot six, around two hundred sixty pounds. That's incredible, John. You can imagine scouts seeing that speed and and just be verified at the combine so he's going to you know be a top 10 selection i believe because they're always looking for pass rushers and you can't get around the fact that he played in one of the better leagues in the country and and he was very good yes massively important and of course ap you know it all comes down to uh you know, quarterbacks, as always. And, uh, you know, the big talk, of course, this year is Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, if I have the number one pick, I'm taking him. Yeah, I just am. I mean, he's he's built for today's NFL game. Uh, he seemed to, you know, meet the minimum standard on height or whatever and all that good stuff where he – Let's just say he wasn't shorter than they thought. Maybe, if anything, he was a little taller than they thought. So, uh, and, and I've never been a big, uh, you know, proponent of letting that be the deciding factor by any means. Uh, keep in mind, I grew up watching Doug Flutie <laughs> here at BC. So, um, you don't forget uh, players like that. But anyway, Kyler Murray, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes to the Phoenix Cardinals with the number one pick. Um, he just seems so tailor-made for Cliff Kingsbury, right? I mean, just like perfectly. Yeah, that's more his style of quarterback, I believe. And right, the I agree. Be moving and, um, you know, they had uh, what Josh Rosen they've drafted, number one recently, and uh, some other quarterbacks they've had. And I guess they're going to start over again with Kyler Murray, it seems like. It appears to be that way. And again, you know, this is, you know, just, again, she's like a marriage made in heaven. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray as if the planets have aligned. I mean, this kid, from what I saw, you know, I mean, he's a potential to be a generational athlete. I mean, he, he just, you talk about bursting on the scene and, you know, ending it with an exclamation point with the Heisman Trophy and, uh, some fabulous games at the end, like against Texas in the conference championship, on and on. He's just, uh, he looks to be special. I mean, really, really special. And, uh, you know, we all know his baseball background. Um, so, yeah, he just appears to be that guy. And it's tough to pass up on that guy, that's for sure. 
Yeah, he has a lively arm and can make the throws from all different positions. He's very fast and quick and can maneuver out of the pocket to find the lanes where he can be effective throwing the football. And, and he has the accuracy, which I always believe is number one with me. I mean, because right. in the NFL, there's tight windows. Correct, correct. And AP, uh, yeah, I mean, and you just said the magic word. Uh, to me, which is the magic phrase where, you know, he can throw from different angles. And you hear that phrase today, these days and in the past year, and you think of one person, obviously Patrick Mahomes, MVP of the NFL this year, well-deserved, and simply a guy that, uh, you, you know, that any of, every NFL team, the way they were looking for the next Sean McVay, now they're looking for the next uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and Kyler Murray would appear to be the the closest thing to him, right? Yeah, yeah, and they also get the comparisons to Russell Wilson, who's under yes. six feet. Correct. That's the, that's the primary one that you hear uh, Russell Wilson because of his size, and uh, a lot of people, John, they're questioning the fact that he had one year in that Big Twelve in that system where, you know, there's a lot of points scored. So, but, you know, they saw Baker Mayfield have some success in the NFL. So that's why it kind of dampers, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, doubts that they might have. Correct. Correct. And, you know, for me and following up on my line of thinking of this kid's special, it's kind of, uh, you know, one year is all you needed to see. <laughs> to a certain degree, AP, it's almost like one game is all you needed to see. Like if you just happen to tune into that Texas Conference Championship game last year, you know, or the West Virginia night game at the end of the season, uh, you know, it's one of those, he's one of those rare athletes that that's kind of all you need to see. And, and you, you just sort of know. Yeah, some scouts are comfortable in what they saw in one year. Other people, they're going to hold on to those doubts and back off. So, you know, they're they're not going to take them. Correct, and I I don't blame them. And just to close it out, AP, uh, am I correct in thinking Cliff Kingsbury was indeed Patrick Mahomes' coach at Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech, right. He coached him at Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury was there for... Probably probably four years as a head coach, and he was a former quarterback there for the Red Raiders. Okay, so uh, no one is better suited to be able to make the decision on Kyler Murray better than him, generally speaking. Uh, you right. know, given his experience with Mahomes and and whatnot, so so you know it, it should be easy for him, generally speaking. He's the best guy around to make this particular decision, I would think. Yeah, if anybody's going to feel comfortable, it's going to be Cliff Kingsbury because he's had that type of quarterback. Exactly, exactly. It's going to be fun, AP. That is the chatter. Will he, you know, be the number one pick in the draft? And if you really step back, and you know, that would be a pretty amazing story when you look back. That you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, a year ago today, not too many people knew the name Kyler Murray, and here we are. (laughs) You know. Yeah, they're wondering any, what's going to what are we going to do with the replacement for Baker Mayfield? Exactly right. And if you and if you, you know, 
if you knew anything about him, what you knew was like, hey, it's kind of cool that uh, the the next Oklahoma quarterback has been signed to a huge baseball contract. That's what you knew, and nothing more. And, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. And then you have the first year NFL coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Exactly right. That's and that goes back to my original point as we close out the segment. Feels like the planets are aligning. Period. That's the way I'm seeing it. I think so. I think you're right, John. We shall see. And it's time now for our break, our final break. And uh, sticking around on the line will be AP Stedham. So why don't we go to our break and uh, still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill in Orlando. Uh, the King still uh, 
you know, he still lives, basically, it seems. And uh, the respect he still gets these days with all the great players showing up and whatnot, which is a significant reason why not that many, only three of the top 20 showed up for the Honda Classic just completed. Uh, You know, there's just so much respect that these tour players have for Arnold Palmer that uh, two years or so after his death, they, they wouldn't even consider missing this tournament AP. So that's a good one. Um, that's must-see TV. Just, you know, if you if you love Arnie and, and who still doesn't, uh, yes. the, the, this is the weekend to, to feel his presence, shall we say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was the first name I remember in golf, John, <laughs> growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he grew up an hour from where I grew up. He grew up in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I grew up nearby. And, you know, he, he, he's been around my whole life, shall we say. And AP, I've been to Bay Hill a couple times, not for the actual tournament, but I've walked uh, the grounds, been in the clubhouse. I've uh, It's right near, you know, Disney World. And, uh, and it's, number one, a beautiful course, beautiful development, but, you know, uh, I've been in a lot of clubhouses, AP, in my lifetime, and there's nothing like walking into Bay Hill where you can truly, truly feel Arnold Palmer in every way, shape, or form. It's basically an Arnold Palmer museum, uh, <laughs> put it mildly. So, highly recommended for anybody down in Orlando if you want to, uh, if you get a little rain down there and need to uh, spend a little time inside to, to take a walk through the ER. Bay Hill Clubhouse, that's for sure. It'll, it'll be worth your while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a place to be. Nice nice weather and uh, good tournament, a great tournament. So, yeah, that's something that people should put on their bucket list. Absolutely, absolutely. I will get to the tournament soon enough, no doubt. Florida Swing, full underway next week. Remember the big schedule change this year, which, uh, you know, where the players is moving to next weekend from its traditional, you know, traditional May spot. It's often called the fifth major. It's up at Sawgrass and near Jacksonville and Pontevedra. And uh, so, yeah, they moved that back to March. So now Florida swing completely fills the month of March. And of course, uh, after the players will be the Valspar at Innisbrook where I stayed recently and, uh, played Copperhead, wrote an article about it for New England Golf Ma- Publication website. And uh, so, yeah, the Florida Swing is now truly the Florida Swing with four weeks in a row, uh, the entire month of March in Florida. So uh, it's going to be great. But, AP, I was thinking about you. Am I correct in assuming that Justin Thomas played at Alabama, correct, college golf? Yes, yes. His first tournament he ever appeared in, John, was a Travelers Championship. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah, the Travelers, by the way, lest we forget, you and I have covered that in Connecticut. That's going to be June 17th through 23rd this year. Just saw the announcement that tickets went on sale for that, um, are on sale now. Uh, Great tournament. You and I both love it and have been there many times. Uh, But AP, it's, it's interesting in that Justin Thomas is suddenly the guy uh, who's uh, making his thoughts known about various new rules from the USGA, and uh, he and Ricky Fowler specifically. Uh, 
So yeah, is is that your? I, I've been a little surprised. He he is not someone who impressed me as uh, outspoken, but suddenly he's 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 making some noise with some of his thoughts on again some of these new rules. Yeah, I mean uh, J- Justin, he's not a shy personality. I mean he's pretty straightforward when you interview him. So that's not a surprise to me that he'd voice his opinion about some of these changes. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know. Not necessarily the person that I might have expected. Um, but, you know, moving sports, AP, big chatter up here in Boston. Again, you used to live in New England. Uh, the Celtics, uh, along with the Lakers, both expected to make big runs after the All-Star break. And the exact opposite has happened. They're both plummeting. And AP, the they were booed off the floor again yesterday after getting blown out, basically, by the Houston Rockets at the Garden on national TV. And it's almost becoming a regular thing. And the two marquee franchises in all of basketball, the Lakers and the Celtics, both expected to come out in the past 10 days after the All-Star break and make serious noise and go on a run to, get, you know, to secure their spots in the postseason, whether it's seeding or just getting in there in the case of the Lakers. AP, the exact opposite has happened, and they both seem to just be falling apart before our very eyes, be it Kyrie Irving and the Celtics or LeBron James and the Lakers. It's rather stunning. They only have about 18 or 20 games left to get this, the, uh, the situation corrected. And Correct. you said the Lakers, uh, you know, I don't know if that was their goal to make the playoffs this year. They were just trying to make the cap space and hang on for – uh, one more year and attract players to, to play on the West Coast with LeBron, but they're 30 and 33 right now, and their hopes of making the playoffs are, it's, it's going to be very difficult, but I think some other teams, of course, have to collapse as well for them, them to make the playoffs. And the Celtics uh, sitting in fifth place now at 38 and 26, and it's not going in the right direction for them, so I don't know what's going to happen. No, we're talking serious major sports talk chatter up here. I mean, again, it feels like they're getting booed off the garden floor more often than not these days. I mean, it's almost becoming kind of a regular thing, which is stunning given last year where they were like, you know, overachievers, so to speak, and making the Eastern Conference Finals in Game 7, no less, before going down to LeBron. But AP just wanted to squeeze in that little bit of basketball. Uh you know, the Lakers and the Celtics, they're on, they, they move the needle. So we, whether they're playing good or whether they're playing bad, it's, it's worth, worth, worth discussing. So I appreciate your expertise throughout the show, especially regarding the SEC, football and basketball. Uh, and thanks again. It was, again, always appreciate your expertise. Hey, thank you, John. It was my pleasure. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.